Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to the Coffee Clash. The Coffee Clash and Special Needs Talk Radio Network feature outstanding programming for the special needs community. Our team of hosts provide educational interviews. Our shows are not designed to provide listeners with specific or personal medical, legal, or professional service or advice. Parents of children with health issues should always consult their health care provider for medical advice, medications, or treatment. Any show discussing rights and law for special needs children and special education are presented as general information and not legal advice. Special Needs Coffee Clash Limited does not promote any host or guest individual practice, programs, treatments, or products. We thank you for joining us and are proud to provide excellence in broadcasting for the special needs community. And now, on to the interview. Good evening and welcome to the Bright Not Broken Radio Show on the Coffee Clatch. We are so excited to be here tonight with a very special guest, a return guest that is. The award-winning author Jennifer Cook O'Toole is with us tonight. She is the author of the wildly popular series Esperger Kids and she's joining us tonight to talk about some of her exciting updates. She's got two brand new books released just this year. She's got a third one on the way and and a global speaking tour that she's just uh, accomplished and has a lot of exciting stuff to share about that. Her new releases are the Asperger Kids Launchpad, Home Design to Empower Everyday Superheroes, and the Asperger Kids Not Your Average Coloring Book. They are two more reasons that parents and professionals just can't get enough of this international superstar. Her keen personal insights and common sense methods are valuable tools that can guide even the most frustrated to Ian Asperger, uh, parent or professional. This is certainly a don't miss episode and we are so glad you're joining us tonight. And Jennifer, are you there? I am so here. <laughs> and that I oh, just well. want to, I call into a rock that is the most humbling introduction I think I've ever heard. So <laughs> thank you very much. Well, and I, I should say for those that may be tuning in for the first time, I think I forgot to say who I am. I'm Diane Kennedy, oh, yes. and my uh, co-host, Rebecca Banks, um, may be joining us this evening as well. We hope so. So um, let's get started. We Welcome back, Jennifer. We're, we're oh, thank you. you. I've missed you all. Well, we have missed you, and you've got lots <laughs> to tell us tonight. Tell us a little bit about what's been going on with you and Asper Kids. Gosh, well, okay, so I think the last time we spoke was almost, well, on air was about a year ago. Um, I feel like it was, which just blows mm-hmm. my mind, which was um, <laughs> right after the second Ask for Kids book had come out. Um, within a six-month period, people laugh at me, but I say, this is what Aspies do. We just, you know, we hyper-focus and we do. So, um, right. and that was the um, Ask for Kids secret book of social rules. And um, I am static because I just found this out to say that that book is now um, number seven in Amazon's bestseller list of all the autism books um, and number 34 last time I checked in all special um, and books of any of like in any branch of special ed so that just makes me 
so excited, and I don't, and I'm not using the word proud. I'm using the word excited intentionally because, it, because I love the fact that we are proving just by what um, I was just in Ireland, and, and and the gal who introduced me there for Shine Ireland said, um, so we can what we can now definitively call the Asper Kids movement, and I just thought that was a great line, and I thought, you know, if that says anything, what it says is that the world is ready for some positive stuff and to hear about what's right instead of what's wrong and if if these you know numbers if we need because let's face it the world operates operates on numbers and so if the numbers are proving what our hearts have been saying all along then you know that just sends me over the moon that is incredible congratulations (laughs) well and so that was that was the second book. And then, um, as you mentioned, the, the third book, which was the Africans Launchpad, or as I, as I lovingly call it, Real Simple Meets My House, um, which, trust me, they're not the same thing. Um, <laughs> um, that, was, uh, that came out in um, April, and I'm proud to say that all, all three of the first three books um, um, are on the uh, Autism Asperger's Digest Top 15 books. Um, in the world to read on, on the subject. So um, that is just super duper cool. Um, and then I, I, and I think this one is just super near to my heart uh, for, for the mushiest of reasons, which is that um, The Asper Kids, Not Your Average Coloring Book, came out just last month. And um, that book uh, sort of has an interesting history. Um, in that, um, you know, a lot of folks on the spectrum just are drawn to visual art sort of naturally. My children were never, never avid colorers. Um, in fact, my daughter at one point was told by another little girl, and I think they were all of about five, you know, you're a bad colorer. <laughs> and that stuck with her, so she never would do it again. But what a horrible label all, to be branded with. <laughs> you know, but you, and especially at five years old, another little girl wasn't even thinking twice about that. But. Right. Yeah, yeah, not space, but still. Um, you know, the reality is, as I have said, you know, time and time again, one of the mantras of of Africans is everybody likes to do and talk about what they like to do and talk about, right? So, if that's the case, you work with special interests. That you know, um, access me here button, and I noticed that my daughter. Um, who would not touch the idea of coloring, even though it's one of the most sort of generally thought of um, relaxing, enjoyable ways of practicing hand-eye coordination and visual perception and all that good stuff that they really need practice with, she wouldn't touch it because of the anxiety and the perfectionism that, that goes in. And, I, I, you know, I get that until I happened upon a coloring book that was all about ancient Greek mythology, which happens to be her special interest. And next thing I know, she's, you know, with great love and detail, coloring in, you know, all that. Says, okay, and we have to be sure that we get this temple of Athena exactly right. And then I figured, oh, we might have something in here. And I tried it with my son, who at the time was very interested in knights chivalry. And don't you know, the same dang thing worked. And so I thought, oh, what did was we had an international crayon naming contest. Because first of all, don't we all, I mean, all really in our secret heart of hearts want to be lipstick and nail polish namers? Like, it, that's just the best job to have, right? So, <laughs> color uh, crayon namers. 
and you had kids from all over the world submitting names for crayons. And we actually then produced said crayons, which would include, um, let's see, we have hemoglobin red, which is spelled both in the British and American spelling because apparently this trans little boy was English who sent it in. Uh, you know, Wookiee Brown, Shire Green, H2 Ocean. I mean, just great, wonderful, you know, creative um, names. And then along with that, we put together this fantastically, um, shall we geek cool, not, definitely not your average coloring book, where by intent, the subjects range from, you know, we're somehow melding, and it worked, you know, a Fibonacci sequence to show that, you know, math isn't some awful worksheet created by a sadistic teacher in some awful um, back room, but in fact that it's, that it's an expression of what the beauty of nature is and the reality of the world, you know, alongside, say, um, you know, um, oh gosh, Emily Dickinson or Jane Austen, who are both pretty wow. obviously Asties, um, alongside um, beautiful drawings of nature or historical um, costume and all the things that pretty much tap into any Aspie, um, I say Asper kid, meaning, you know, all the way up to young adults, um, their special interests. I mean, there's, you know, keep calm and fans them on because you've got uh, one that's um, a Hunger Games emblem plus Harry Potter plus, uh, you know, Star Wars all mixed together. And um, as for kids are awesome to the nth degree and just all these wonderful things. And so it's a collaboration of artwork from real as for kids around the world, um, several professional artists who were kind enough to donate their work, and me. And I always promise I am not an artist. So what I just did was know the areas that the kids would be interested in. And it's the most beautiful thing because you've got these, um, you know, it's a celebration of what can be. And, of course, we always know that if you happen to stick or you know, strategically place something that has to do with a, um, a child or a teen's special interest next to something that is related but not exactly the same, you're surreptitiously inviting them to explore new horizons and expand their interests and expand their understanding and um, conversation topics. And that's really important socially as well. And so it's just become such a positive. And, and, and um, Tama Grandin, who I know we, we, we always, you and I were chatting before, is a, um, a mutual friend and, of course, respected colleague and expert in so many ways. But, you know, in what she also pointed out, and this is certainly any of it along those lines, but just by including things like um, you know, Ford Model T or um, you know, um, bits about computers or whatever, that you're also alluding and, and to various careers and possibilities, whether it be as a history professor or whether, you know, whatever the case may be, um, that special interests can lead these children toward. Um, so it was, uh, that was just, it was just a very fun, um, way of, of um, enticing the kids to have, you know, have fun with this identity that should not be so heavy and serious. And, um, and we're only just a couple of weeks away from the fifth book as well, um, which is the Asper Kids um, game plan, which is um, the subtitle is uh, Purposeful Play, Extraordinary Minds, Ordinary Stuff. And... Um, or as I like to Great call it, eggshells, eggshells and chalk on the trampoline. 
So um, there's been a lot going on, and we just got the okay for uh, at least six more in the series. So it's um, it's wow. just thrilling. Oh my goodness! And yeah. you, um, I don't know where you find it, but you do, and that's the energy to keep up with all of this at the same time. <laughs> Yeah, um, late nights, I don't know. Not always. It's not um, It's not always there, but I think, you know, I'll be really honest. This year was a powerful one for me in, in many ways. Actually, I don't think you and I have had a chance to, to talk about this part, um, but my uh, very best friend um, from college, so I am 37, although that's for less than 12 hours more, um, my, my oh, very best friend. Oh, that's right. Your year. birthday is coming yeah. up. Um, was um, just a year you know younger than me, uh, her sorority sisters um, at, at Brown, and um, and you know, Lori and I and, and you can guess where I'm going when I say was um, one of the most extraordinary people that I've ever known, and truly, as she says, um, kindred spirits. And she passed away this May um, after oh, I'm so a. Sorry valiant two-year-long battle with breast cancer um, and left behind a very loving husband and um, two little guys who were at the time five and three. And um, that happened. Uh, it was quite the 24 hours. Um, I was presenting alongside Temple for the first time and then uh, came home from the conference and got the word that she had passed. And I was one of the few people that um, was aware that she had been as sick as she was. And um, I was honored to get the chance to speak at her funeral. Um, We were both only children, and so I think in many ways we sort of were sisters. But Lori had that obnoxious, horrible, you know, trifecta of being both um, beautiful and kind and ridiculously brilliant. Um, Not only was she Phi Beta Kappa at Brown, she then went on to Harvard Law, where she got into both Harvard Law and Harvard Med. She couldn't decide which one to do. It really was quite obnoxious of her. Uh, And I used to joke joke with her. Um, But she had so much much life left. And I feel very much that um, the coloring book is actually dedicated to her boys. And um, the play, the game plan is dedicated to her. And um, so when you ask about sort of the energy, I think that I've always felt, um, you know, compelled on, as as do so many moms, um, because what you want for your own children. But now I sort of feel um, that I have two two lives to make, um, you know, to make the impact on behalf of. And... um, I, I feel a little bit like I'm I'm doing for both of us now, and um, yeah. So that's what a beautiful uh, tribute, Jennifer. That I moved to tears. It's, it's, um, that, it's the most um, <laughs> incredible story. I mean, it's so touching. It's yeah. so deeply sad, I, and at the same time, you've you've just really put joy in her spirit and her memory. That's really cool. Uh, it is really cool, right? And that's what you know. That's what she. There is actually a, um, a blog that is on the Asperger's website, and it's called Something Beautiful Out of Something Broken. Um, I actually have in my house. You know, I always throw the question at you: um, What would you save? You know, if your house were burning down, sort of thing. And um, when I was in college, um, as as we got to know one another, was relationship like so very many women and girls on the spectrum. 
And um, I really felt that, um, you know, being in that relationship still made me more, even though, you know, here I am at an Ivy League school with a 4.0 GPA and blah, 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 that that was what made me enviable or estimable, rather, you know, laudable in the eyes of, of us. And um, Lori really uh, held me to that and, you know, sort of said, uh, no, you know, um, <laughs> I, I wasn't going to take any of, of that. And what she really was uh, able to sort of show me was that I could be absolutely human and still be someone that she admired. And um, when all of this began, um, I continued to be astounded by the success, uh, the juggernaut I, is the word I use that, you know, that, that Asperger's become, um, because I truly believe, and this is no false humility, that I'm not bringing anything particularly special. I'm just speaking, it's, you know, what do they say about like Simon Cowell on American Idol, anybody else is thinking, but just, I don't know, I wasn't in a position to say, I don't know. But Lori um, was completely not at all surprised. And um, although completely surprised by my diagnosis, because like most people didn't, didn't, um, and, and so you know most people don't understand what it is to be a woman on the spectrum right. or on the spectrum. But when I graduated, um, it was a tradition that you would make. Uh, she was uh, my little sister's little sister, and so we would you give presents back and forth. And I made her this napkin, absolutely horrific but I tried really hard, um, mirror, uh, surrounded with little doodads, and she made me this absolutely phenomenal um, mosaic out of broken china, a mirror-covered, uh, surrounded mirror. And it, what, first of all, how ironic that we both made one another a mirror, but my, and mine's not really did, no, yeah, but hers was and is gorgeous. It was over my baby daughter's, my first child's changing table. It is now still in the hallway of my home so that when you come down the stairs before you walk out the door, you look at yourself in this mirror. And that is what, and the reason she, uh, when she gave it to me, she said, because that year I had gotten out of that particular relationship and done some serious, it was sort of my first foray into advocacy and social work, et cetera, et cetera. And she said, um, for my dear friend, um, Jenny, because that's what my friends call me, um, who has made something beautiful out of something broken. And I feel like all of us who are sort of in that, whether you call it choice exceptional, whether you call it, you know, special needs, different needs, right, whatever it broken. is. You're right. Yeah, exactly. You're right. That, you know, that, that we are not, perhaps there are moments when we feel that our world is broken. And so we can sort of sit there and feel broken and feel like shards of glass. And then do we sit there and and you know, bemoan or mourn the loss of the, the devastated creation? Or do we realize the um, complete work of art that can be created from those fragments that never existed before? And if that's what she gave me, and I, that's what I was honored then uh, to, to speak at her funeral, and I, I just found out, in fact, that my sorority, um, or our sorority, which is uh, Kappa Alpha Theta, um, they are doing a feature... Uh, I'm very honored to, to, um, on leading women, and they've so they've they've chosen me for for this particular feature, and I you know my stipulation was as long as I get to talk about Lori because I really think for all of us who are walking out you know um, just a bit of a different life, we need to have those people who can look at us and say, 
of course you're doing something, you know, that is special and different. And, and, and why do you think that that is, um, you know, beyond you? Why do you think, why are you surprised? Uh, because so often we don't, we don't see what it is that we can do um, until somebody else sees it for us or in us. That's right. That, that's, that is very moving, and I'm not surprised that they chose you um, to oh, speak well. for them and, and how honorable for you to do that um, tribute for your friend. I mean, that that's a beautiful story, and I'm so glad you shared that with us. I really am. Thank and you. Speaking We're of human, women. right? You know? <laughs> oh, wow, yeah. You're not kidding. <laughs> and <laughs> speaking of women and such yeah. um, that moving stories you recently attended an event at the national autistic society in the uk which i just have yeah. to preface with i'm so jealous but I, yeah. <laughs> i'm i'm determined i'll be there with you next time and you got it lady um, you talked about girls on the spectrum and you met one of yeah. our mutual wonderful friends that we've had on the for show for the second time i got to meet her yes Yes. Oh my goodness. Okay, scrolls, you had scrolls. to rub that in, right? Twice you've got no, to meet her no, in because last year when I met her at the exact same conference at which I was not presenting, I was just signing books. That was exactly oh. when I went up and I said, "Both oh, Diane Kennedy." <laughs> that was my entree. Um, but yes, uh, brilliant and passionate um, clinician. You there for a second. I'm not sure what oh, happened. Are you, you okay with me now? Yeah, I'm okay with you now. Yes. Something okay. Good. Out. Yeah. No. Just that. That. She, I. You know. I said. I think that I believe she a brilliant clinician, but just a person with a heart of gold. And um, yes, that's that's a wonderful, uh, you know, a wonderful experience to to get to kind of be around and get to just soak up. <laughs> That's right. Ju- and Judith Gould, who we've had on the show with Lorna Wing, she they their mission, as we know, has been recently to talk about mm-hmm. girls on the spectrum. There's some of their colleagues right. are doing research, continuing research, and so just tell us about your um, your feelings about the importance of this issue, and of course your personal connection to it. Well, right when um, so. Um, when NAS asked me to come and keynote uh, for their Women and Girls Conference this year, it was the premise that obviously I'm a woman on the spectrum with a, as well as two sons, but a, you know, with a daughter on the spectrum. My daughter is uh, 10 and a half, as she will point out. And, um, <laughs> you know, and so, yeah. And so sort of, you know, the question was, what, what are the lessons that you are, you know, bequeathing? And I, all I could think of is, I don't know if you remember that book. Um, gosh, it's got to be like 20 years old now, but it was just a little teeny book. But it was called um, Life's Little Instruction Book. And um, I do remember it, that. Uh, do you remember that? Yeah. I so do. The little book with just little quotes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And I, and I remember thinking that, that a lot when I was writing The Secret Book of Social um, that sometimes the you know the biggest ideas really just need to be boiled down. What's the line from Einstein? If you can't explain it simply, then you don't understand it well enough. Um, right. right. So that I yeah. So that idea, and I thought you know. So as I'm putting this sort of the whole thing together, I'm realizing, and this is you know you know my my experience with being the first book Ask Kids, um, which is really still the the bedrock upon which everything that has come since um, has 
um, you know, been, been laid upon, um, was with with your children, quote, quote, in a book, I thought that Oh, we're losing you again. I have no idea what I'm doing. I think Um, we're having... Are you on a cordless phone by any chance? uh, You know what? We were having some trouble with it, but I'm going to move over and you're going to hear me a lot better. So it's no problem. (laughs) So if this is working better, yep, yep, no problem. Um, That's better. We lost you there for a second. Okay, tell me again. Okay, yeah, no, just that, you know, sort of exactly that, that I really just didn't know because... As with any of us, when you're living your own life, it's awfully hard to describe what's different about your own life than anyone else's because you simply just don't know it's your existence. And that's what had been the challenge for me when I was initially writing Ask for Kids. Well, um, I guess I've I've now sort of learned that maybe everything I'm doing isn't always run-of-the-mill for everybody. Um, Not completely unique, but maybe not run-of-the-mill for everybody. And so um, writing this uh, or putting together the talk for the NAS, I sort of got possessed by that writing demon, and that is that is, tends to be how I write. Um, and then one day sat down and, 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 you know, I'm furiously typing out 17 pages of, um, <laughs> you know, just passion of what, uh, yeah, I know, uh, of what I would, should I to be, you know, hit by a car tomorrow, what I want my daughter to know. And I had found this, this website um, that I just adored, it was called A Mighty Girl, and they had a list of all these books, you know, books that you need to read with your daughter before she turns 13 kind of thing, and it was sort of um, different or, you know, heroes. And I read them all, and I'm, I'm looking at the list, and I'm going, I had, and they were very sort of obscure books, and thinking, we've read almost all of these. That's so cool. And in doing that, though, I'm realizing once again that maybe this is, this is different. And I finished this piece, and... Um, passed it along. Um, it was uh, the um, Barb Cook at the um, Australia's uh, Asperger's Autism um, Network magazine was kind enough to grant me a nine-page feature, um, which we then sent to the NAS and went to Judith um, Gold and went to Carol B, who's the director of the NAS, and basically kind of sort of got sent all around. Next thing I know is that um, Cambridge is going to Tony Atwood, who, um, oh, I didn't even tell you that I'm, yes, I'm very blessed this year. I'm going to be in his um, anthology of top ASCII mentors. That's exciting, too. Um, That's incredible. Yeah, all these good things happening. And, you know, so Carol and Judith, the reaction is, you know, can we basically send this everywhere? And um, Barb Barb Cook at the magazine was kind enough that even though her magazine is a subscription piece, said, you know what, yeah, we do need to send this out. This is that important that people can look at it for free. And so it's now on the Ask for Kids um, website on the, uh, in the blog section um, under, uh, if you just type in pink on the spectrum, it'll come up. And um, soon afterwards met with... Um, my editor, who is uh, unfortunate that it's uh, the CEO of, of JKP, of my publisher, so it's Jessica Kingsley, and gave me the thumbs up to that the next book is going to be sort of a from me to you book to, you know, tweens, teens, young adults, um, women on the spectrum. And we are looking that by next summer, we are going to basically have a um, super chicks sorority of um, hero- heroines um, conference that is going to be both, yes, intellectual and, you know, information rich, but also 
completely and wonderfully fun and avant-garde with cosplay and, and, and you know, poetry slams and um, open mic and talking about if girls want to learn sort of well, you know, the kinds of makeup techniques that are expected out in the world, go for it. If you don't, you don't care to ever wear makeup, that's fine too. If you want to um, get some good information on nutrition because a profound red flag for, for um um, Asperger's is, is a diagnosis of some kind of eating disorder. Um, you know, so talking about that, that, the difference between healthy and skinny, and, and creating this, again, this, this society, this sorority, if you will, and again, this is sort of in my friend's memory, but of what it is, the, the light that we bring to one another, and to, to reframe the idea of, of sisterhood um, in a light that is, is empowering from generation to generation, from decade to decade, um, and, and helping the world to understand how profoundly, profoundly important it is to get an accurate diagnosis. You know, as you already know, when, when using a more accurate, um, qualitative diagnostic tool, you get more of a one-to-one ratio of diagnosis versus a, you know, anywhere one-to-one, one-to-four, one-to-eight, one-to-nine um, between right. girls and boys. Um, and, and the result is I do not know a single woman who was diagnosed with Asperger's as an adult who did not at some point experience um, sexual violence, domestic violence, uh, date rape, um, you know, some sort of trauma, usually on more than one occasion, um, generally also, yeah, um, you know, repeated uh, eating disorder diet. I mean, seriously profound, profound consequences. The dark side of the social implications. Absolutely. And socially compromised as a female. Right. Yes. Absolutely. But, you know, I mean, it makes sense. I, I often equate it to the, the Red Dress campaign with heart disease. You know, when all sort of early research was done on heart disease um, with some of the male clinicians who were observing men and therefore sort of the vernacular understanding of what it is, what a heart attack looks like, you know, whether that's by a, an emergency room physician or by, you know, your, your husband, it's kind of what, what a male heart attack looks like. And as long as we're still defining autism Asperger's by male expression of autism Asperger's, then, yeah, the boys are definitely going to look more like that, and the girls aren't. Um, but the, the result is profound misdiagnosis, mislabeling, um, and, and serious, serious consequences. That's right. That's, um, you know, it's, it's so important, and it is beyond time that all yes. of these efforts come together to... Yes focus on the gender issue because it's been an issue from the beginning from the beginning of any mention of the word autism i think it's been um one of the most misunderstood areas and it's it's very damaging because yes. um girls just don't present the same way and no it, it's sort of fed the stereotype monster is what's happened and oh, this is yeah. breaking out of that and it's that's Absolutely. fantastic news, and you know, no, it's really um, into, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. Go ahead. No, I was going to say on the on the issue too of women. You know, when we talk about um, women who are unique and exceptional, 
whether mm-hmm. on the spectrum, whether, you know, they're just, um, you know, a busy mom. We mm-hmm. also <laughs> looked at this issue in terms of giftedness a few weeks ago with Dr. Patty mm-hmm. Gatto-Walden. I don't know if you had a chance mm-hmm. to hear that interview. You, you have I didn't, to. but I need to go back and listen. See, I thought I had heard them all. I to go back and listen to that one, yeah. And she talked about they did, um, they had some sort of, um, I can't think of the word, retreat, for women and it was it was like a one day thing that turned into three years. <laughs> they kept meeting yep. for three years and it was for women women who really hadn't identified themselves as being different and right. and many so many of them being gifted not realizing it. You know, it's there's yeah. a lot that often it says i'm not gifted i know dr silverman has an article i'm not gifted i'm just busy and it's oh, about geez. oh my gosh what a great title yeah. no i mean how many how many would you ever tell a, a a boy and and i often preface this by saying i have a husband and two sons with asperger's diagnoses so it's so important for me to point out that this is not me disparaging the boy experience that is a valid part of the spectrum, but it's not the whole story. And that's what we're looking for is the whole story, right? You know? And would one ever say to a growing boy, oh, he's just too smart for his own good? I've never heard that said to a boy. I can't tell you how many times that's what I right. hear from parents of girls. Right. And that... <laughs> you know, um, I'm, it's such an important issue. It is. And, you know, and then that bleeds over into another issue that is just near and dear to my heart, personally mm-hmm. and professionally, and that is the STEM issue. And we, mm-hmm. um, you know, the science, technology, and engineering and math, we had um, an author on uh, Karen Purcell who runs her own company. She advocates for young girls in STEM, Unlocking mm-hmm. Your Brilliance name of her book and you know I'm so glad too that she's taking an effort to again oh, yeah. you know STEM is a critical issue for all of our young people but absolutely you know she's standing up for girls because in that field that's a man you know a man's world that's a male dominated field and absolutely. you know it's um so many of our girls on the spectrum definitely need recognition that it's okay. It's okay to be a science nerd. <laughs> it's right. okay. And your and your like version of science nerd might look a little different than yes, yeah, absolutely. My daughter, in fact, um, the ten and a half year old, um, <laughs> this summer actually attended at a local university a STEM camp, and um, it was. In, in so many ways, just fantastic, although she said her only critique of it, because she will tell me, the critique was that, that um, even the female scientists underestimated what the girls would know. And um, that irritated her to no end. But, you know, and I thought that that doesn't really surprise me, um, because there is so much that these brilliant young girls you know, can do just like the brilliant young boys. But again, they might examine it in a different, and even approach it in a different way. And one of the things, like for instance, when I was discussing with girls and boys and the ways they they sort of um, embody the differences, you know, look, we know everybody in the spectrum has um, 
special interest. And they, it could be a special interest du jour or, you know, or, um, you know, change over, over time, but they're always there. It's like a, it's like lost love. You're right. But if you have a boy who's interested in medieval, in medieval history, you know, he may be, um, you know, out there in his sword and, and whatever else and, and, and declaring war on this and the other thing. And you have a girl is dressing in a princess costume, you know, princess costume. And in fact, last year, my daughter went around in what looked like, yes, sort of a medieval-ish princess costume, but that's what people kept saying, oh, you're a princess. And she said, no, I'm Juliet. And then would go, you know, and start reciting, right, you know, uh, Shakespeare. And, and it's, it's the, the uh, quality of the passion, um, but it might be that via that special interest, and, uh, you know, I, I mentioned earlier hers had been uh, Greek mythology. Well, then when they were talking to an, astronom- uh, an astronomer, I guess during the STEM experience, and there was some message, uh, some uh, discussion of Cassiopeia, and Maura said, "I'm sorry, I, but I need to just, I need." And she was trying so hard to like socially appropriately make a comment. Go, um, that's Andromeda, not Cassiopeia, <laughs> you know, but. Look, however you get there, you're still talking about about stars and constellations and the realities thereof. And that is, you know, isn't that sort of what the world, the beauty of the world is, that we get to sort of similar places maybe in different ways, but that's what makes the harmony of it all kind of happen. Right. You know, this is just exciting. This is so exciting. And um, <laughs> there's... Oh, it is. It's so good to talk to you again. And um, I I, we're going to run out of time. I knew we would, and we've got a few minutes left. So before we do, because I've had a chance to look at both of your books that are out, and I, I have a question, first of all, about Launchpad. Uh, the, the, the new ones, you mean? Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah. Well, first I want to say it's ingenious that, and I know, and we talked about this earlier, that Temple must absolutely love it because you've got pictures. This book, parents, professionals, if you want a book to recommend to your parents, this is the book to get because there are not only how-tos, and, you know, we get that a lot. We are sure is a lot of explaining, like, you know, we we went for the gold here to try and brighten up broken and understanding. Right. When you're trying to bridge the world of gifted and Asperger and explain ADHD, those are huge, huge mountains we're trying to move. But yeah, yet, you are. So many people are always looking for the how-tos. And what we do is say, you know, you want a how-to book, here's who's really got got it down distilled but again you know a how-to book is no good unless you understand the foundation of who it is and why they're stuck and how to help them and you know from your standpoint launchpad is one of the best how-to books i have ever seen oh thank you the pictures are incredible. So so my, like, um, I feel like I'm a fan and I get to ask the celebrity the questions I Oh, want. shush. You're so silly. You're so <laughs> silly. Yeah. No, I mean. Question. Okay, and if yeah. you tell me, if you tell me that that is that, are the pictures, uh, is, the, is that your home? Are your is your children's library organized in such a way I'm just like, wow, you have to come. That is my home. That I'm is my home. But does it look that way at exactly this moment? 
No, <laughs> and I have not have a sign that says pardon the mess my children are making memories. No, you know, no, it does absolutely not. I mean, I'm fighting the constant battle to just, you know, and I always say that to people, you know, my one of my promises with Ask for Kids is that I'm keeping it real, people, you know, um, and, and, you know, but that is still always the aspiration, and still it is the underlying um, assumption. Um, I think so often folks, um, when we have these beautifully brilliant children, and you have a child who at, you know, six can tell you uh, the periodic table. I'm just, you know, throwing that out there, right? You think, well, maybe it's not such a big deal that he wouldn't make his clue how to clean up his dishes and put it in the sink. But here's the reality. When he eventually then has to go through a complete process at school from understanding how to get his supplies and do his work independently, return the supplies and turn it in on time, believe it or not, that's been impacted by the fact that he hasn't thought about when I eat a meal, these are the things that I need to do to make the entire meal, including putting it back and sorting things and washing off a dish and putting it into the right part of the dishwasher and here's why, and I'm part of a team and here's why, that that actually impacts it, you know, one on the other. And eventually then when he's in the workplace and he's sharing perhaps a office kitchen with other people or a room, you know, is, um, has a roommate in college, so he's going to really tick off people when he's being, you know, quote-unquote thought because he still knows his periodic table but isn't doing A, B, or C. And what we don't realize is that, um, and I can say this to the first person as somebody growing up on the spectrum, when you know your quote-unquote book smart, but you can't seem to manage the, the minutia of the world. You know, how to make a sandwich. It takes 38 steps. 38 steps. Have you set up people? So often parents get frustrated because they feel that they're inundated with so many demands. And we are, gosh knows, I know, that I frequently feel like everybody is simultaneously calling my name without awareness that the other, other people are also calling my name, right? But if you want to instill a sense of um, capability, in our children, in the idea that they can, in fact, go out into the world and be successful. Um, then, you know, how you, the simple things like, have you set up your refrigerator so that your child can actually reach the items that they need in order to get a, a healthy snack or a drink? Um, it's things like that, you know. Um, it's, it's have you organized um, a closet or um, your child's room so that they can actually reach and make their bed. Or perhaps, you know, if you've got everything folded lovely, you know, in a lovely way within a drawer, that's great. But guess what? They're only going to look at what, what's on top. They're not going to dig down. If they do, they're going to toss everything everywhere. It's, it's the idea of understanding that every process, and whether that's a relationship, a conversation, an apology, a class project, or loading the dishwasher, is in fact a process with multiple steps that you have to master. And it's a little bit, it's this balance between responsibility um, and choice, you know, freedom and responsibility, so that, you know, it might be that you get to choose um, which chore you'd like to do today, or, and, you know, I don't use the word chore, but, you know, which team projects you'd like to use to do around the house today, and that's, that's fine, but you don't get to choose whether or not you get to do one, right? So there's limits and there's boundaries, and that really creates this feeling of I'm part of something that matters, I contribute something that matters, um, 
And, and, and then the sneaky thing is that, you know, even with the smallest skills like learning how to use a dustpan, you'd be surprised how intricate that is. It's bilateral coordination. It actually directly applies even to handwriting. And you wouldn't think so, but it does. And these are all the tenets of, um, you know, a, a educating, if we'll use that word, or raising, developing a whole person. And that's what we're, what we're trying to do is empower children who, when they leave this home, they leave your home, whatever size it is, doesn't matter. But they're going out into a world that doesn't really fit. And they're going out into a world where they have to be brave every single day because folks, for the most part, don't understand them. And so it's a matter of setting up public spaces and defining what does public versus private actually even mean? Um, and, and how should you act in those different places? What's expected? It's much better to learn those, those lessons in a safe place where when you mess up, people are still going to love you than out in the world where when you quote unquote mess up, people are going to make fun of you and, and exclude you. Um, and, right. and yeah, you know, so... And I, I tell you, and one, I'm staring at one of the pages of Launchpad that says, prepare the space, prepare the Esper kid. I love right. that. I absolutely love it. And, and one of the bullet points says, include books or artwork or, for, or uh, photography that are above your Esper kid. Learning is a bit like tennis. Children will play up to the tone of ideas and images which surround them, developing questions about and appreciation for subjects far ahead of their years. I have a good friend. Um, he was on the National Board of the Autism Society for years. He's helped mm-hmm. us on our first book. He was wonderful. And one of his favorite phrases, I call it like the father phrase, was he mm-hmm. said, your reach should always exceed your grasp. And that's, right. that's what you're saying. And that is mm-hmm. how how we help any child learn and grow. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you and I have said this before. One of the most common things I say in my talks is that we're not talking about, you know, kids with three heads. We're talking about a particularly fabulous element of the human spectrum, right? <laughs> you know, right, and right. What, what works for these kids really does work for everybody. It's just that it's perhaps more important um, and integral for these, you know, for these kids. And um, and when, when the next comes out, the, the game plan, I mean, you know, same idea that it's, that it's simple things. It's, it's tattooing bananas and, you know, it's um, doing pointillism with Q-tips or, um, or stuffing, uh, you know, making bean bags out of chalk, I'm sorry, out of socks and beans and making a, um, a, a, a bingo board outside on, um, on the driveway. It's those simple little things turning and dissolving a, an eggshell, making it transparent, and then talking about permeability. It's these basic things that when you appeal to the kids, the way that their brains work, which is that bottom-up learning style, and you say, look, here are concrete examples of some really esoteric, sort of high-level, sophisticated, psychosocial, emotional ideas that there's no reason that they can't be as competent and sometimes even more astute, but you just have to reach them in the way that their brains work, and that just kind of seems fair. 
Well, I would say you are definitely the queen of real simple, and unfortunately, Aww. we're running out of time. We're gonna, uh, we're I definitely know. gonna have you back when Game Plan comes Aww. out. We're gonna have you back um, to talk more about this girl issue on the spectrum and definitely. all the plans you've got for next year. But in the Yay. meantime, before we go tonight, please yes. tell our listeners how they can find you. Tell them where you are. We um, want to hear Africans. all about it. Com, yeah, Africans.com is the website. We're proud to be named one of the um, top 100 websites in the world on the topic of autism and Asperger's. And the blog, um, which is on obviously the Africans.com um, website, and as well um, our Facebook fan page, which is Africans, are both um, Disney Babble top 30 in the world um, uh, chosen on the same topic. Um, and uh, we're also Asper Kids on Pinterest, which is really important. We, in fact, have even Asper Girl um, kind of board and, and Asper Kid Fabulosity. Um, and I will always point people to two particular things on the website, which is one is the page at the tab that says Big Moments. It is where you need to go when you either are contemplating a diagnosis, have a new diagnosis, or kind of are in that crisis moment because what we've done is put together what I call emotional care packages, the most important links and, and um, resources that you need in one spot. And then the other is in the AK Shop for the Kids, where, um, where the proceeds all benefit the work that we do internationally for the children. Um, and uh, if you go under Celebrating Asper Kids, you will see what, what is still my favorite thing, which is the Congratulations, You're an Asper Kid Kit which um, we send out to, um, there's a 12 and under or 11 and under and 12 and up kit. And um, basically what happens is that when you order it, your, your Asper kid gets an instant download video from me saying exactly that. Congratulations, you're an Asper kid. And it totally throws them because all they've heard is negative before. And uh, the girl in, in uh, Denmark just said yesterday, this is something every kid needs to hear. And what happens then is after hearing 15 minutes of how amazing they are and you know, that different is, as we know from Temple, not, you know, not less. Um, they receive this big, wonderful gift package and include, that includes a T-shirt. We put the, a pic, or they send in a picture of themselves wearing that T-shirt. We put it on Facebook, and they literally get hundreds of congratulations messages from around the world. So you'll have congratulations from Brisbane, Australia, and from Alabama, and from Cork, Ireland, you know, welcoming you and celebrating you. And we literally have had kids, you know, go from self-harming, from um, cutting and, and being deeply depressed and contemplating some very dark choices um, to realizing, as one girl put it, that um, we had convinced her that she was not a mistake, but that she was, in fact, a miracle. And to me, that's my favorite thing in the whole wide world. That is just incredible. That is <laughs> wonderful. I mean, it's so productive and and just so... Um, it's beyond words. It really is. I can't find all the words I want to use, but it's um, it's just incredible how Doc you delicious. work. <laughs> yeah, absolutely fabulous. Yes, it is yeah. to um, to turn something like this into so many different avenues of help. And uh, we encourage everyone to get your books that are available now. Um, you can click to them through your website. We'll be tweeting yeah. them yeah. all week about this. And awesome. we will definitely have you back, Miss Jennifer. And you oh, just keep, you keep being the center of awesomeness that you are. And uh, thank you for being <laughs> our guest tonight. Uh, uh, 
And, of course, as always, we thank um, Marianne Russo, who does such a tremendous job. She also is a center of awesomeness for the coffee class. <laughs> there you and, go. And our ability to, to be on here. So we're thankful for that. And on behalf of uh, Bright Not Broken and the Coffee Clatch, we wish you and everyone a very good night. Good night, everybody.